Betterment. Yes, the largest and fastest growing automated investing service designed with revolutionary technology to promote smarter investing, better returns, and to minimize your taxes now, later, and throughout retirement. Betterment, investing made better. Get up to six months free by visiting Betterment.com slash money. And if you love this show, you will go to Betterment.com slash money and sign up today. So let's get this show started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Matt loves titty sprinkles. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? That is so true. I, I saw that in the list, and I, I, I couldn't even get through it. I, I saw it in the list. And I was like, "Oh, he's gonna skip this one." That no, sucks. I'm not. Dude, I'm good, man. Just got my Belgian freeze going on from River Horse. Oh, okay. You're doing the oh. Jersey beer. Yeah, man. Got the eight percent post office time. You know what? Interesting. Uh, I have also a Jersey beer. I am drinking Flying Fish, the October Fish. Uh, oh, 6% alcohol by volume celebrates the classic German fest style. European malts and hops combine to produce the beer that always that's always best for worst, but worst is spelled W-U-R-S-T. Clever. I guess. Uh, but yes, <laughs> Flying Fish, thank you so much for sending us the free beer. Very, very nice. Uh, okay. So to explain the catchphrase today, Matt loves titty sprinkles, that was sent in to us by Miguel from Facebook, and he tends to send me stuff that he doesn't think I'll say on the air. Uh, yeah, Miguel, I'm going to say it. Don't send me a bunch of just random things now. He's, that's what's going to happen now. He's going to hear this episode, and he's going to send me the most bizarre things that he's going to make <laughs> me say as a catchphrase. Uh, but yeah, send those into our Twitter account. It's at Money Matters Man. You can send them into our Facebook page like Miguel did. Uh, it's listen money. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's facebook.com slash listen money matters. Now, <clears throat> today we have a special episode and we are dedicating the entire episode to veterans in recognition of veterans day. Cause today is veterans day. So happy veterans day to everyone. And, uh, it's part of a special project called voices for vets, which you can find at VoicesForVets.co. That's C O. And it's over 45 podcasts that have come together to share their collective voices on behalf of veterans. And we encourage you to listen to some of their inspirational stories and the tough challenges they are overcoming at VoicesForVets.co. And I happen to know a vet. One of my best friends is Ryan Carlson. How are you, sir? Very good. How are you? Very good. Very good. So you are, you are a veteran. I am. Not I am. a veterinarian, but a, but a military veteran. I tried to be, but they kicked me out of the uh, hospital. They're like, <laughs> you can't operate on this dog. <laughs> so, all right, what um, are so, you drinking? Yeah, what are you drinking? I am. Yeah. I am. I, I'm actually drinking a uh, brewing company that's about an hour and a half away from New Jersey. That's Lancaster Brewing Company, mm. uh, baked mm. pumpkin ale. Is that good? Very delicious. Yes, it tastes like um, kind of like pumpkin, but not as strong and not as spicy. But it still has a very good uh, big pumpkin pie taste to it. What, do you remember what was that beer we had at Kite Kite and Key? And Key. That's the same exact one. Yep. Oh, is it? Yeah, I found a six pack of it like a month ago, and I was like, grabbed two of them. Oh, dude, that beer is awesome. Yeah, it was really uh, good. So uh, now, what what uh, part of the is it? Here's what I don't understand: Is it all military, or is military um, like a branch? Okay, it's all military, but within the military, you have different branches. You mm -hmm. have the Air Force, the Navy, 
um, the Marines and the Army, and used to be the um, yeah, the Coast Guard used to be part of the uh, Department of Transportation. Now it's the uh, Homeland Security, I think. Or okay, yeah, right. Something like that. So you, you got your main four, and the Navy is a subset of the. I'm sorry, the Marines are a subset of the Navy, but they're their own independent uh, branch. Oh, I thought so, the Marines were a subset of the Army, but I guess that would be the Green Berets. That uh, that's that's a group within, yes. Oh, okay, wait, all right. Wait, wait, but but you're a Marine or an ex-Marine? I'm an Air Force Airman. Ah, and I'm just curious: is Air Force the best one, or is it like the third best one? It well, if you ask anybody <laughs> who's in their own branch, they're going to say there's the, the best one, right? <laughs> but I'd like to say that we are all um, equal quarters of the pizza, right? <laughs> and but the Air Force has airplanes, which is cool. Uh, so do the uh, Navy. Oh. Airplanes. <laughs> oh, well then. Okay. All right. So, uh, what? So, when did you get you? You started right out of high school, right? Correct. Yeah, I was. Uh, I left for basic um, yeah, July of yeah. after I got out of uh, high school. And uh, well, wait. I thought you were in the Air Force Reserves. Is that different? Yes. Um, yeah. The two. There's three separate things, and but we'll just break it down to the Air National Guard slash reserves versus the full time active Air Force. Full time active Air Force is. It's a salary-based, and you are pretty much, when you sign up, they tell you where to go. You live there for X amount of time until your enlistment's up. You can move like two or three times, living all over parts of the country and or world. Mm-hmm. And you get paid based upon your rank as a salary with the inclusion of uh, like basic housing allowance and uh, mm-hmm. substance allowance. Um, now, the Air National Guard is basically normal people. Uh, well, I don't mean normal people. <laughs> You're in the military and you do normal jobs. Like you live at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, once a month, you have to uh, go something called it's a UTA weekend or drill weekend, mm-hmm. where you go to your respective base, which is usually like right around where you live, and um, you train. And then what would happen is, um, say for instance, we went to war, we were attacked, uh, a hurricane broke out, um, something crazy happened. The governor, because uh, the governor controls the. Uh, the State. National Guard. Yeah. Yeah. They would call you up and, you know, say, um, you know, we have X something going on, and then you would become officially activated. Now, within the Guard, you have um, technicians who work full time there because, you know, when those Guard guys aren't there during the drill, you need people to, uh, you know, support the mission on a day to day basis. They're paid off of a, uh, a GS or a government pay scale, the same as like a uh, gov- any government worker. Like a teacher or something. Or. Yeah, but on a government pay scale, not salary. You get paid hourly. Okay. When you say like you do normal jobs, like do you like man like a, a subway, you know, like counter and make sandwiches for people? Like what what are the normal jobs? Uh, well, by normal jobs, I mean when you're not doing your drill weekend, you're working. You're working anywhere. You're working at Walmart. You're working your oh, civilian Oh, uh, I got you. Yep. Now, the jobs that you will be working in the guard are for the most part the same thing based off of the mission. Um, so like my counterpart in, um, I, I let's just say California, he might do the same thing I'm doing, but he might be working with, uh, F 22s and I'm working with F 16s. So our mission's different. We do different stuff, but you know, essentially the same jobs are at every base, same type of jobs. Yeah. But you were, uh, so when you, you, you're enlisted for four years, right? Right out of high school. Six years. Oh, six years. Yep. Well, you were, or is that normal? Um, it's the norm now. Okay. Before you had a choice of four to six years. Okay. And then, uh, that so that passed, right? 
And during that time, were you working in the military or were you working at the Air Force or were well, you kind of going well, in and out? Now, my first six years, I was, uh, I was uh, going to college. Right. Okay. Right. Right. I was going to college, and I was also working at. I think I worked at like Best Buy and a liquor store and that kind of stuff. I worked from '99 to 2005, and then, um, with the exception of right after uh, 9/11, our whole our whole base got activated. So I gave up working, and I was going to college at like crazy times. But I was working um, at the base at the same time too for a whole year. Sorry for all of like the super noob questions. No, but, it's no um, problem. If you're in school, how, like, do they then coordinate with your school so that you're not like missing a, a midterm or something? Like, how does that work? No, not really. Um, it's you know, it's pretty much up on you. Uh, originally, when I got activated, um, I was like in my second semester. Was I started in the spring semester? And now you mean activated because of nine eleven? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not going to really work together too much because the school has their own thing and the military has their own thing. The only thing you could do is, you know, go up to individual teachers and say, you know, hey, here's a situation. And at that time, you know, the country was extremely patriotic. So a lot of teachers did work mm. with you. My situation was I was working from 9 p.m. till 9 a.m. every what? night. Oof. And I was going to, I think I was doing like eight, I was doing eight credits. I couldn't do any more than that. And basically I'd come home at 9 a.m. I, I was living a I was actually living at school. Fortunately, mm-hmm. my school was right next to my base. And I would like catnap for like an hour or two hours. And then I'd go to class, catnap again. And then I'd go to class and then go back to work. It was, and that, that was for the first semester. And that was pretty terrible. But Sounds know, pretty difficult. It like, was. It was probably one of the hardest stressful times in my life. Yeah. Well, and then the country was, you know, all up in arms at that point. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, so after that, um, were you, you stayed in the country during that time. Yeah, yeah, because uh, what we were doing, we were supporting a uh, CAT mission, which, which is a, um, basically we had jets in the air 24-7 for like that first, almost a year, in the air 24-7, just in case something like that happened. So, you know, we need the whole base there to support it. Because on a normal flying day, um, you know, you'll fly um, maybe uh, two turn two or three turn three or four turn four, which is, means uh, in, in 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, they'll send out four jets, they'll go do some exercises, and they'll come back, and like a few hours later, they'll go back up again. Right. That's like a normal day. That's training. But we had jets in the air all, all the time. And what was your job there at the time? At, my, at the time, I was a uh, weapons uh, troop, and basically what I was doing was uh, loading... So badass. <laughs> I was loading missiles and bombs... Well, actually, not bombs, but missiles onto the jet and uh, making sure that the uh, release mechanisms that attached the bomb to the, uh, the actual wing were uh, functional. Wow. And, and I then, did that until 2005. Wow. And then you – what happened in 2005? Because this is where I, you got – you re-enlisted yourself, but there was – was there a break in between? Yeah. Yeah. In 2005, coincidentally, I graduated college at the same time that my initial enlistment was up. So I, you know, mm-hmm. I decided, hey, done with the, the military. The last six years are pretty stressful at 9-11. I want to go out and you know, conquer the world. I just got my degree. And um, – that didn't really work out too, but so I got into so I got out and um, I ended up working at a Sprint store, and then I worked for a mortgage company. And I was pretty miserable with my oh, life. Oh right, yeah. And uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back in, maybe do something different besides weapons. So I went into the um, I reenlisted for another six years, and uh, I tried getting a full time job there as an avionics technician. They're the guys who, uh, you know, they change the radios, they work on the radar, 
Um, they sit in the uh, cockpit and they do operational checks. It's, mm-hmm. a- it's actually pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. So I did that until 2012. Um, and then I got uh, commissioned as an officer in 2012, and I've been doing that ever since. Well, yeah, so you went and um, I know you, you, you traveled around a lot because you went to different places around the country and trained for certain things. Yeah. And um, then you, and you, and like, I remember uh, you, you were climbing the ranks. Right. Um, in 2004, mm-hmm. we went to a country called Qatar, which is in the Middle East. They're, they're a friendly Middle Eastern country. Yeah. And um, uh, I forget where you did there. I was, that was what? Uh, a you lot know, of years ago. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I was just an airman there. And I, didn't, I didn't really know what we were doing there. I was just, you know, there to go away. Mm-hmm. And um, we were only there for like two months, and that wasn't a big deal. And then in 2010, uh, we went to Iraq. And that was, you know, to help support the war on, war on terrorism. That was, that was three months, not too long for a, uh, you know, normal deployment, but it was, you know, still, and that was, um, you yeah, know, that was a little difficult, a little, uh, but, you know, nothing compared to what these Army and Marine guys have to do. That's Navy there. You know, my, my stay was actually pretty easy compared to what they have to go through. But, oh, yeah, but was it scary at all? And yeah, any, yeah. There oh, was, it was. Um, okay. There, and there was time, you know, there was, a, we had a, giant perimeter fence and you know people were always uh, trying to throw shit over the fence shooting through the fence and stuff like that we had this giant thing um i forget what it's called like a, i think it's called a claxton or a phoenix mm-hmm. basically it's a giant super machine gun um where you know if it senses anything you know they shoot at whatever so there's times when i'm trying to sleep at night and you hear uh, mortar going oh, off and rockets and and you're just kind of yeah, thinking about climbing under your bed and just hoping that goes away. Right. And, you know. Oh my <laughs> god. But fortunately, they're far enough away. But you know, as a as a aircraft technician, you know that's usually going to be the aircraft usually in the heart of the uh, the base. So they're the most protected because you know, um, you know, you don't want them getting hit by mortar or everything. Right. Which it, it does happen sometimes. But you know, and as a technician who works on those jets, I'm in a relatively safe place. But there are you know there are still risks involved. Sure. And um, and when you were there. Uh, you know, what, how you were there for three months, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and so what exactly makes someone a veteran? Um, you have to serve a certain amount of time on something called, uh, um, these certain, these special orders, basically. I became a, a legitimate, a legit, uh, veteran after 9 11. I didn't have to go anywhere because I served in a wartime. Oh, right? okay. But I don't really consider that. But, you know, if, if anything, Iraq, uh, that would have made me, I forget what the um, the uh, qualifications are, but I know that when I look at my paperwork, it's I'm, a, I'm considered a five point veteran, right? Which is your standard veteran. And um, and in, like, what about the because uh, you had climbed the ranks too? So what did you have to do to do that? And where are you at? Like, where did you go from? And then where are you at now? All right. Um, well, to be uh, enlisted, um, I, I got all the way up to E six on a scale of that's E. Uh, one to E nine, mm-hmm. so I got to E six, which is a, a tech sergeant, which is like a mid level supervisor and worker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a different scale called the O, which is uh, officer scale, and they're kind of like the best way I can put it without, uh, you know, to making it simple is like all right, uh, I do the Walmart analogy. So you have a Walmart store, and then you have your lowest uh, Walmart worker, your cashier. Mm-hmm. And then you have your highest Walmart uh, worker, which is like your general manager. Okay. Right. And then you have the executive people. Um, you know, they they don't work at the Walmart, but they um, they're so corporate. Like the, yeah. So yeah, the corporate people. So like, 
the lowest corporate guy is higher than the general manager. Yes. So that's kind of how an enlisted and officer thing works. Um, in order to become an officer, you have to, it's actually the first and only job I've needed a degree for. You need a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to take a test. You need to interview. You need to have a bunch of letters from different people. Fortunately, when I was in the, um, when I was enlisted, I was, I was pretty good at my job and I was, um, you know, pretty helpful and, you know, people respected me. So when it came time for my interview, they looked at my past, you know, they knew who I was and they knew that, you know, I would have been a good selection. And, um, I was hired as a, uh, you start out as a second lieutenant. I'm now a first lieutenant Mm -hmm. and I'll be captain in a year and a half. And basically what I do now is I'm a um, component maintenance flight officer in charge. And the analogy I use for that is, okay, uh, for an F-16, for any jet, you have, uh, compared to NASCAR, okay, you have on NASCAR race day, Mm-hmm. I don't really know too much about it, but you have your pit. <laughs> Good analogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have your pit crew, and your pit crew, they're the guys who change the tires, they're the guys who, uh, you know, fuel up the gas, sure. make sure. So that's, um, that's one side of it. The other side is the, uh, the guys who, when the, when the uh, plane or the car isn't racing, they're the ones who uh, change the engine, they change the brakes, they, um, you know, change alternators and whatever all that crap right, is in the sure. car. Um, I work on the ladder. So my job is I uh, have 250 some people under me, 14 shops. Damn. And my job is to deliver fully mission capable jets to uh, the pilots. Um, in addition to that, I, um, I'm a QRF, which is a quick reaction force flight commander. And what I do in that is um, if, uh, for, if like something like Hurricane Sandy or uh, earthquake or Godzilla attacks, <laughs> I have these people who I have, who I get trained. Uh, I got about 30 people under me and I activate them. They're usually guardsmen, like normal, you know, weekend guys. Yeah. And they'll come to wherever they need. And I, you know, we establish, uh, what we have to do. Like for instance, uh, when Her- uh, Hurricane Sandy or Superstorm Sandy hit, um, my, my flight came with me and we were running, um, you know, uh, like barriers, we were doing search and rescue, right, we, were doing, right. we were doing night ops for people who were trying to uh, cross the bay into Long Beach Island to steal shit. So, huh. you know, we, it was pretty bad. We had people like night vision stuff, like, you know, stopping that. And I'm also uh, going away in two weeks to Little Rock for training. I'm going to be the uh, sexual assault response uh, coordinator for wait. my base. Wait, 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 wait. That's another thing. The, what is that? Wait, you mean like, like rape in the, in the military? Oh, yeah. To stop that? Yeah, I mean, anytime that you have a group of X amount of people, sure. rape, sexual harassment, that kind of stuff, yeah. it's going to happen. And the military is very, very, you know, they take a huge stand on it. So sure. they created these, uh, they're called SARC, sexual, uh, sexual Assault Response Coordinators. And basically, uh, my job is um, I'll have people under me. They're kind of like my agents. And if anything happens, you know, like say a girl gets sexually harassed or raped, they go to these agents yeah. and they report it and they can, you know, pers- you know choose to pursue it. You know, to punish the person who did it, or just, they can just tell people, hmm. and then you know, I coordinate that and make sure that um, you know everything's getting done right, and make sure that my people under me get the proper training. And so you're full time with the with the Air Force now, and that's how you make money. Yes, yeah, I'm a full time. I'm a GS uh, pay scale, which is a general supervisor um, pay scale. And does that ever run out, or is that because I know you've had to like reapply or or have moved? around yeah what i am i'm a temporary technician Mm -hmm. i've been the last two years and basically i get paid the same as you know someone who's full-time uh but every year they have to uh look over my 
thing and say, hey, can we keep him for another year? And I've made myself so invaluable that they really can't afford to let me go, which is pretty good. Yeah. But the only bad problem with that is I don't get um, uh, my, my military equivalent of a 401k 5% matching. I have to, you have to be full-time for that, which, which oh. sucks. What is that called? Uh, TSP, TSP. program. Right, so you don't have access to that. No, I did when I was a regular technician, but not sure. anymore. And it, but does it still exist? Yes. It'll, okay. As soon as I get a full-time, I'll start putting money back into it. No big deal. So that's the thing. Uh, since this is a personal finance podcast, we should probably talk a little bit about personal finance and how that it, – it, that because it differs for you than it does for the you know normal working class here. Right. Uh, you know, you've um, – I mean, like, like I, I we had talked about before, and you know, I'm I'm friends with you. I know that you've always been good with money. I mean, you've kind of had that forever. I remember uh, you just being really good with credit cards and using them the correct way for as long as I've known you. Uh, wh- where did that come from? Is that is that a military thing? Is that just being like militant about uh, your finances and and you know? I mean, not not really the military. If anything, the military makes it worse. Because, <laughs> really? You know, well, well, for normal people, people who don't know much about money in the beginning, because when they go to basic and they go to their tech school, mm-hmm. it's the first time they're by themselves and they have all this money and they just blow it on stupid shit. Right. Uh, the reason why I was pretty good at money when I was younger is because at the age of 16, my um, parents co-signed a credit card for me. And mm. um, basically the way it worked was that every month, um, we would, you know, I had a job, I was working at McDonald's. Every month when the st- statement came in, we'd sit down, we'd take a look at it together, and, you know, we, you know, they weren't the best at money, but they just knew, you know, credit card, understanding your credit card is one of the most important things as a young person. So, you know, when I got to that age of 18, when I, or when I was living on my own, I knew that, you know, it's, you got to pay it back. Yeah. Now, sure, I made a shitload of mistakes back in the day, you know, um, I was in debt a few thousand dollars. I got myself out of it, but, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, starting from a young age, that's probably where I learned basic stuff. So your parents um, taught you that, yeah, yeah. But it's that that wasn't a military thing, was it? Um, did your dad teach you that because he was in the military? No, no, um, no. The, the, really, honestly, the only thing that they taught me was uh, the pitfalls of a credit card. Um, hmm. The rest was just more more common sense. Um, you know, I just didn't I didn't like having debt. Right, I didn't like having it. Did credit you, card that? Right. Well, you're the dude who, who maintains like a ridiculous spreadsheet. Oh yeah, my spreadsheet's awesome. <laughs> so, so how did that like come to be? Because that's like a certain degree of nerdity. Yes. Um, well, what it is was, uh, let's see. When I, um, when I, about like two years ago, when um, you know, we started trying for a kid, uh, trying to have a baby. Like I wanted to, you know, eventually move out of the house. So mm-hmm. I started, you know, saving up. And the thing I hate about, you know, but not having a budget is. Looking at your bank account every day, as I do, mm-hmm. and being surprised about it, like, oh, shit, where'd that money go? Like, <laughs> right. you know? um, so what I did was I made myself this extremely detailed budget, and you know, it covers everything from my two mortgages to my, uh, my Netflix, everything. Right. And then I base it off of a four, um, I base it off of a month. So pretty much anything that I get paid monthly or every, uh, you know, like, like a drill, right? If I get paid like every two weeks, what I'll do is I, you know, I'll multiply, you know, that paycheck by twenty six divided by twelve, and that's what I'm doing. Um, so I went through everything, and then I, about a year ago, I decided I'm going to start uh, 
using my credit card for everything because the problem is like when I was using a credit card and my TD, my, my bank account, my mm-hmm. ATM or whatever, mm-hmm. it was still kind of confusing because, you know, I'd use it, you know, over a weekend and then, you know, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. So, um, I started using my credit card for everything that I could and that makes it so much simpler because what I do is, you know, every morning when I come to work before I do, do anything at work, I check my bank account, I check my, uh, my, uh, I have a Chase Freedom card mm-hmm. and, and an Amazon card. And um, the way I did it that works really well is that, I mean, you got to be on top of it every day. You don't have to adjust your budget. But basically, I came up to how much I can spend per day. And I figured it out. And I, I started out at uh, like $55 spending money a day. And that's including gas. All right. Which so is pretty I, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, instead of paying it off every month, I pay off my credit card every four weeks. So every fourth Friday, I pay it off no matter if there's a bill due or not. And what that does is you're paying early. So you're never, if you follow that plan, you'll never be late on a credit card because you're always paying a little bit ahead. Yeah. A little bit ahead. And, um, so if today is like the 13th day in my cycle, I'll multiply 13 times 55 and it gives me whatever number that comes out. And then I'll minus, um, my credit card statement, you know, as I check it online mm-hmm. and then I see, you know, Oh shit, I'm, I think today I was like $120 up. So I'm like, Oh good. You know, uh, this weekend, you know, I can spend that money if I, if I want to. Right. Or if I'm, you know, or if I'm like negative, I'm like, Oh shit, I better watch my spending this week. Cause I want to, I want to make sure I'm either even or under. And, um, and then what I do is if I'm over, or like if I have extra excess money at the end of the four weeks, I'll take, half of that money and keep it in checking and the other half and put it into my, um, I have a home improvement savings account because we just bought a house. And then if I feel that I was comfortable that month, I will lower that, um, that by a dollar. So then I'll go to $54 next month and I'll adjust my, uh, and I'll take that's That's an extra $28. So what I'll do is I'll change my, um, right now I'm paying off a student loan and my car. I just paid off my ATV today, which is awesome. Oh really? But uh, I'll add that on there. So, and then um, if I'm under, if I'm negative, if I'm negative by like just a little bit, like, you know, a hundred bucks, I won't pay. I'll pay only, uh, you know, whatever 50 times or whatever that number is times 28. And then that means for the next two days or next four or five days, I really got to, you know, not spend anything. So now I'm down to $48 a day and um, that's not too bad. You know, I'm, I still... <laughs> yeah, because when you have a kid and a wife, it's a little difficult because, you know, things pop up. Sure. Um, and plus gas is on there too. But, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, so another thing I do is uh, when it comes to, uh, my, 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 eh, sorry, my biggest issue that I have is that I don't really have any money going into long-term savings, mm. which um, I was before I bought this house, but like, like Matt, um, my first house I bought a few months before the whole right. housing market collapse. Yeah. So I'm actually renting that out at a loss right now. Um, but now I'm paying for this a new house, which I got for a relatively good deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm paying. I'm putting $200 a month into my Roth. You know, since I don't have uh, 401k anymore. Right. And then. Um, so you are doing a little bit of saving. Yeah, yeah, not as much as I'd like to. You know, mm-hmm. I have about twenty-five thousand saved up between my 401k and my. Um, my Roth, mm-hmm. which I'm not happy about. I wish I would, you know, I, would, I want to be doubled that. Right. But my goal is to, I made this uh, another spreadsheet to pay off my, um, 
originally I had two student loans, a car loan, and a, uh, I bought an ATV over in May, in May a two-year um, uh, two financing. Yeah. Um, wow, you, paid, you just bought that, and you already paid it off. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. I'm pretty aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might think that forty eight dollars is a good amount per day, but I put a lot because I, I still want to live comfortably. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to really do frugal thing because I want to give my my uh, wife and kid, you know, a pretty good life. Yeah, not not saying frugal is a bad life, but I just don't. I want them to have what they want. Mm-hmm. So you know that allows me to kind of get the best of both worlds. So yeah, I just paid off the ATV, and then I think, and then I'll take that money. And my next big challenge is my student loans, which is only seven thousand. Oh, that's yeah, um, it's slow. Yeah, yeah. But the way the student loan works is they you pay the you know, if you automatically do it, you're paying the the, the minimal and uh, that's stupid. I mean, yeah. I what do you stretch you know, out for twenty years? Do you know what your uh, interest rate is on the student loans? Uh five point nine percent. All right. Yeah, and that's my car normal. loan is point nine percent. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, you, you know me, I'm good at buying cars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to get into that and then also the thing, but but go ahead, Andrew. No, I was going to say, uh, do you think that the, the whole saving piece is different because, you know, for you because you're in the military, like you have to have a different approach or you think it is kind of still applies to, to everyone? No, I think it's a, it's a standard thing because I get paid as a normal as like anybody else who gets paid every two weeks. There's yeah. really nothing different about how I get mm-hmm. paid. Um, I do have the option, uh, the opportunity to make uh, not necessarily overtime, but it's something called double dipping. Mm-hmm. Um so, for, say for like for instance, I'm going away to Arkansas in two two I think two weeks, and um, they're going to put me on military orders, all right? And that's a totally different pay. I'm getting paid like a normal military guy, like on salary. Mm-hmm. But you can't be as a technician. I can use my leave that I earned to still get paid as a technician and also get paid military. It's called double dipping, and uh, the opportunities come around a lot for that. So you know, so you I, take uh, advantage of that. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's it's kind of like overtime. Yeah, right. You know? And then, what uh, do you use that extra money for? Um, usually, what I'll do with that extra money is um, I'll either a put it in my um, uh, what do you call it my my house improvement fund. Yeah, home improvement. Yeah, yeah, and um, or um, I'll put it into betterment. Right for my it's basically. <laughs> Another thing what I do is we'll get onto this with my Amazon. Basically, some of the proceeds, all the proceeds that I make from Amazon go into a Betterment account, mm-hmm. uh, 35 uh, stock, 65 bonds. And I just keep putting into there until the amount of my loan that I'm working on equals the Betterment account. And then I'll take everything out of Betterment and pay that off and work on the next thing. Ah, oh, nice. All right, yeah. So, all right, let, I, I guess we should go down this road because I mean, we could talk about the car thing, but uh, you – Recently, I don't know, well, not recently, I guess. What's it been like a year or two since you started the Amazon thing? I started that in May of 2000, June of 2013. Okay. So uh, I guess let us, I mean, I, I know a lot of, I know what you're doing right now, but you basically started a, oh God, I don't want to say it. You started a side hustle, a little side project to make extra money, and you're doing that with amazon so kind of explain because i know um i'm sure andrew do you know about how to sell on amazon andrew or no i have no idea okay so i guess uh explain it to us what what you do with amazon okay i don't call it a side hustle i call it a side empire building business excellent that's that's (laughs) way better (laughs) (laughs) and um 
what it is is that uh, it's all right. Think about eBay. When you sell on eBay, um, you know you put something up, whether it's new or whatever, and they bid on it, or they can just buy it right out, and then you send it directly to that person. Correct. Mm-hmm. With Amazon, you have the option of doing that and selling on Amazon storefront. And when someone uh, buys from you, they'll uh, you can send it from your house and send it directly to them. Right. And then the other option, the one that I do, is I send my products to Amazon's warehouses, and they, they have dozens all over the country, anywhere mm-hmm. from California to New Jersey, whatever, and all in between. And they sit in warehouses, and then when people buy it, Amazon takes care of the shipping to their house, takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it costs more money to do that, but it's worth it because I don't, my biggest thing is I hate people, and by people I mean customers. <laughs> right. I think they're, when a person becomes a customer, they're idiots, and yeah. I don't want to deal with any of that the shit. The general public, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I can't, what you guys do, I could never do in a million years because I just don't like talking to people. <laughs> right, <so>. fair enough. <laughs> I, I commend you guys for that. It's awesome. Um, so what happens is like say um, – so basically I send all my stuff there. You know, they have this big website that you, know, you have all your products and everything. Well, wait a minute. When you say products – because uh, you know, you mentioned the eBay thing, and that's like used stuff in your house. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. What what I did, the way I started is I invested uh, three hundred dollars of my own money. Um, actually, like four hundred. I think two hundred was for a, a a nice laser printer, mm-hmm. and a uh, hundred dollars. What I bought was I went into Ross Marshall's. Uh, you know, uh, like I guess you call them discount yeah. department stores. Yeah, like yeah, TJ Maxx, that kind of thing. And I would go into like clearance aisles, and I would, at first, I would, uh, you know, look up the product on Amazon and see how much it was selling for. Mm-hmm. If it was selling for a lot more than what I could buy it for, then I'd buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning. Um, and this is anything. Yeah, yeah, anything. I was, uh, you know, I was buying step ladders to Coleman campfire lanterns to um, puzzles or yeah, puzzles, yeah, that kind of stuff. All kinds of stuff, yeah. And um, so I did that for a while, and I didn't take any of my own money. I didn't, I didn't take any uh, profit. Mm-hmm. And I just I actually made a new checking, checking account with uh, Capital One. I got a, a, not a business credit card, but my own credit card dedicated just for that so I can build off the points. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was buying stuff with that. And once I got pretty familiar with the system and everything, then I registered for my own business. I did a corporation. And now I had a uh, business idea, retailer's idea, whatever it's called. And then I research and i found uh, wholesale companies um like home decoration companies like you know the, the shit that you see on your walls and stuff like that like you know like decorations that uh, kind of crap. yeah i'm looking at some of them right now actually. yep so probably uh, from marshall's yeah so i started buying stuff like that from, from different websites they don't make as much money to bring in but they're pretty good sellers and um so i started doing that and i was doing them in large uh things because i know some companies that i work with if you buy more than like a thousand dollars, it's free freight, which is you know you're saving yourself sixty, eighty bucks right there. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that, and then um, I started getting into, and then I got more uh, discipline with it. And now I only buy things that sell for three times what I can buy them for when I go to Mar- uh, Ross and Marshalls and all those places. So if I find a, um, I do beauty products too, which which are tougher to sell, but they're pretty good. So if I find like a face cream and it's just selling at Ross's for five bucks, I won't sell it unless it's uh, selling for fifteen, which right. is five dollars for the product, five dollars for Amazon and shipping, and then the um, profit. Yeah, five dollars for profit. So I'm making hundred percent profit on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, after the first year, in June, I started. Well, like June, July, 
I started taking 30% of every paycheck I made, which is every two weeks. And that's when I started putting it into betterment. And, um, as of yet, as of like three days ago, I was up to $1,900. Wait, so you mean all the money that you got from the profit of selling stuff on Amazon, you would, you would do with with betterment. Yes. When you said, you said paycheck every two weeks and that kind of confused me. Oh yeah. They send you, they send you a paycheck every two weeks. Amazon does. Yeah. What your profits are. Okay. Yeah. So So, we'll send you a paycheck every two weeks and then you put that in the betterment. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No risk or no, no real risk. Yeah. Because you, what was the, what was the allocation that you had? Uh, 35, 65, 35 stocks, uh, 65 bonds. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you're really conservative then. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose money. It, yeah. It's not a long-term investment. So you know, when it comes time to, uh, you know, s- you know, pay off my next thing, I want to make sure that I can pay off. Like for instance, like, uh, I think like two weeks or like last week or over the course of the last three weeks, um, betterment went down mm-hmm. a, a good amount. Yeah. I was almost ready to pay it off. But I waited, you know, I waited till I actually went back up a little bit. So I still made a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Not that much, but I still made some. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And so basically between the months of July, August, and September, I made $1,800. And that's a relatively slow season the summer. Things will really start kicking up in November, December, and January. Right, holidays. Yeah. I make anywhere from... During the off months, I make anywhere from two hundred to five hundred dollars a month. Just extra. Yeah, yeah. And Little. then in December and January, I'll make about uh, about two thousand. Really? Yeah, it, it goes up crazy. In in December. December and January, because December you got Christmas, and then January you got Amazon gift cards. And oh. the thing is, with what I do is, um, if, since I sell through Amazon, um, whenever you go on Amazon, you see that little thing that says Amazon Prime. Right. Um, you know, it's usually, it's free shipping. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Two day shipping. Well, yeah. you know, uh, the research that I did was that people who are Amazon prime buyers will only buy prime. Right. And usually they won't take the time to research the other prices in the little price box in the, in the right corner. They'll buy the front thing. And then with Amazon gift cards, you can only buy prime. I think you can only buy prime stuff with it. Yeah. I, yeah actually, Probably I'm, with some prime gift cards, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the difference. Yeah. Actually, I think it is every. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. It is every gift card, every Amazon gift card. You, have, you can only buy Prime stuff. Interesting. And because um, I'm a Prime member too, uh-huh. I, I need Prime because you know instead of buying boxes to send to Amazon, I just buy stuff that I would normally buy from Amazon. They send me ah. There's a little, a little workaround getting in that. Yeah. So that works. How did you get into that though? Um, I used to work at a uh, at a. It's called the uh, Susquehanna Bank Center, big big concert venue in Camden, right outside of Philly. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a bartender there, and I was making pretty good money. I was working with my sister and my mom, and um, I hated it because, you know, I basically I'd work all day at my military job, and then I'd have to go drive straight there, and then work till like you know ten, eleven at night, and then go back to work the next day. And the money was good, but I hated it, and I was miserable, especially at country concerts. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, and country and rap. Oh god, right, yeah, terrible. Yeah. And, um, so my wife, who's a hairdresser, she met someone who did this Amazon thing mm-hmm. and me and, uh, me and my wife were at a Mumford and Sons concert. We were actually getting ready to go to it. And, uh, she, my wife was telling me about this girl. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a really cool idea. Within five minutes, my sister called me up and she's like, oh yeah, we got fired from the Susquehanna bank center for stealing. <laughs> and, um, I was like, okay, that's a sign. We didn't steal, but yeah. That's a sign right there. So 
they eventually hired us all back and I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm done with this place. I'm right. going to start my own. And, um, that's, uh, that's how you make course, extra money. Yeah. Yeah. And over the course of the summer, uh, you know, my sister keeps track of all the money she still makes when she works there. Mm-hmm. I actually beat her in profits this year. Wow. So after how, a year, how difficult or competitive is it to, to sell on Amazon? Like, are you constantly in there like tweaking prices? Oh and, and yeah, dude. Like flipping um, out? At first I was, uh, Amazon, Pretty much if Amazon is selling the same thing you're selling, it's very hard to sell. Right. Um, because if you lower your price by a cent, they'll lower their price by a cent. Really? Uh, people want to buy from Amazon instead of, you know, because it tells you who you're buying it from. Mm-hmm. And um, so at first, for like the first year, uh, yeah, about the first year, I was in there, you know, constantly tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. And um, I've discovered that everything eventually sells. Amazon will some will in time, run out of product. And when they run out of product, that's when you, you, know, you, you, get, your, uh, you get to sell your stuff. Um, out of, so basically what I do is when I go to put my product up for listing, I multiply whatever it is by three. So if it's like $9.99, I'll put it up for $29.97. Mm-hmm. Or, if there's something, or if there's somebody selling it higher, I'll match them. If there's somebody selling it lower, I don't go lower than them. I keep it at that price. And I... Set it and forget about it. I don't even check it because it just kind of stresses. It's kind of like checking the stocks every day. Um, mm, right. I don't, I don't do it. I used to. And then um, eventually what will happen is either A, you'll sell it, which for the most part you will sell it, or after a year Amazon will send you a letter, an email saying, hey, um, you had this thing in storage for, about a, for almost, coming up to a year. Um, we're going to charge you extra to keep it. So that's when I'll go and I'll – they usually give you like two months. That's when I'll go and I'll start lowering it pretty hardcore. I take it as a loss. Yeah. And mm. it's only happened once, and it was a Halloween de- decoration that didn't sell last Halloween. And yes. they sent me. So, so it's, it's doing pretty good. Usually, I'm pretty wiped out in uh, December, January anyway. So, everything pretty much gets sold. So, yeah. Uh, man. That, that, so, like, I, I want to kind of recap on everything. Uh, well, well, before you <laughs> recap, because well, I, know, I, know, I know you're going to have questions, Andrew. <laughs> well, I, I just want to ask one more Amazon question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it seems like uh, you're doing pretty well and like you have a system down. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you like funneled much more money into that to kind of amp your, your profits? You mean funnel more into like my betterment to, to pay off the other stuff? Or to buy well, pro- no, I mean, products? I mean like in, yeah, like buy more products and grow your business quicker. Because I had an issue um, – I think like three or four months ago where I bought a lot of stuff from this one company and a lot of it was back ordered mm. and it, um, it kicked back and like, like say I bought it, like all the stuff in like December, that's when I had a lot of money mm. in February, all that came. So I got hit with a $2,000 bill and I had to borrow money against myself to pay that credit card. I eventually uh-huh. pay myself back. So I'm very cautious. So what I do is I only sell um this actually might not be answering your question but i only sell what i have in my bank i only buy what i have in my business bank account now now as opposed to going instead of using 70 percent for buying more stuff i don't have the time to do it um i have a you know i I work you know 40 hours a week i have a, a wife and a kid before when i lived before the kid i could have done it but now i actually had to cut myself back because don't get too much. Actually, like Thursdays are the only night that I can really 
do stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, usually I'm taking care of the kid. Until he gets a little bit older and he can self-sustain himself, you know, play by himself for a while. Because it, it is kind of, a, it's a very, not kind of, but it, it's very work. Um, time consuming. Yeah, time I hear consuming. that age is like 28. When they go yeah. <laughs> it's 31. I just want to be able to communicate to me saying, Hey dad, I broke something. All right, good. Okay. I'll come out and help you. Right. But, um, and also I wanted to start paying off, uh, stuff. I figured, you know, I, 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 I have about 300, um, products for sale right now on Amazon. Um, my goal every year, or every month, because you can pull up graphs to look at, you know, how you did last year versus this year. My goal every month is to beat the month a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so far from May till now I've beaten it every month. So as long as I keep beating it, um, <laughs> as long as I keep beating every month, I'm okay. Yeah. You're, so, so you're slow growing it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, because this, this, you know, this isn't going to be a full-time job. This is just a, a hobby that I enjoy doing that I get paid for. Right. Um, so, you know, if I find that like, you know, next year I'm not, I'm not beating my numbers, then maybe I will start doing 20, 80%. And then using you know, that extra ten percent to, to buy more stuff, right? But you're but, yeah, you're using. I mean, you could technically invest all of your profits over and over and over again. Yeah. But then you're obviously gonna. It's gonna take more and more time, which is what you're really. That's really what you value at this point. And right. then you're and also you're not making an extra five hundred dollars a month in the summer and two thousand dollars in the winter. Right. Which is what you want. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, actually, I'm not making $500 profit. I'm making fi- 30% of 500 so it's like $150. Okay. But it's, um, it's still, you know. Well, because you're reinvesting it. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, like the last four months, I, I was able to make, you know, almost $2,000. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty happy with that. $2,000 I didn't have before. Well, that's probably the only hobby I can think of that actually makes even anything. Because mm-hmm. most, most hobbies are, you know, you, you buy a bunch of stuff and you make it and then that's just, that's it. Yeah. Because I'm not really good at that kind of stuff. I'm not good at blogging i'm not good at any of that stuff so this is something that i don't need to deal with anybody i just put stuff in boxes and work numbers and do statistics and i'm right. doing that right are you implying that matt and i are actually good at <laughs> blogging or podcasting because you guys are pretty freaking awesome <laughs> yeah so all right i mean i i, I think the amazon thing's super cool and it's uh it's it's definitely a good side business empire. it seems like anyone could just like kind of jump into it and like get started yeah and you can go at your own pace it costs it costs um Forty dollars a month, mm-hmm. and um, in addition, it's forty dollars plus. Amazon takes like I don't know, like twenty five percent of the money that you sold. Right. So, and you started you know, with three hundred. Yeah, yeah. And right now, in my business account, I have nine hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I had two thousand. So, um, damn. So, so it's go- it's going good. And um, hey, as long as it's fun. Yeah, I'm having a good time, and you know there are frustrating things about it. You know, you'll find other sellers who, every time that you change your price, they'll change it, and you're, you kind of get into wars with them, you know, without actually talking to them. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing the same type of stuff, like say I'm doing, uh, let's say beauty products, there might be another person who's always doing the same beauty products I am, and you fucking hate them because yeah, they're copycats. Yeah, and they're always on your heels. You're doing, right. But you know, like I said, eventually they'll sell out, and you know, your stuff will sell. Yep. Because everything sells eventually. Yeah, it does. Hmm. So, I mean, all right. So I want to kind of recap everything uh, to sort of wrap things up here. But uh, so you're you are still currently working for the military, the Air Force. Correct. And you plan on doing that for the foreseeable future. 
yeah, yeah, I love my job. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why to get out of it. I'm planning on doing it for the full 20, 30 years. And you make good money. Mm-hmm. And you can retire. I mean, you guess you can retire from that, right? Is there, there's no pension in, involved in that, is there? Yeah, you get a pension. I'll get oh, a you military, do? Yeah, I'll get a military pension and a technician pension. And plus, Lynx College is paid for already. So. Right, and that's your son. Yeah. And, and you have, uh, and then, what do, you, do you think you're ever going to get into that TSP thing? Yeah, as soon as I get a full-time job, mm-hmm. um, basically I'm just waiting for a slot to open up or something to open up. Okay. And then they'll do. Then I get TSP five percent matching, and then I can start. And then I'll just start getting raises again. I don't get raises as a temp tech, okay. which is frustrating. But mm-hmm. once I start getting that, and then as I get higher in rank, when I go on deployments, I'll get more for those deployments too. Right. So because you're going to eventually be a captain, like in a year and a half, you said, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and then that's so the, the higher you rank, the more money you make in, in for things. On a military basis, yeah, not uh, no. on a day-to-day basis. But sure, okay. And uh, so, I mean, things are good. So, uh, you know, and do you fear the uh, thought of having, you know, another 9-11 or, or I mean, right now, I mean, is there, there's, shit, there's shit's going on with this whole ISIS thing. Yeah, ISIS is scary, especially on the home, yeah, because you got these people who, for some reason, it's very appealing to other people, you know, to, to normal, you know, to American, like, uh, like you know, a lot of like normal people are joining ISIS, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like a terrorist attack, uh, who's to say? You know, yeah. because before nine eleven, you really didn't hear too much about Al Qaeda and right. Osama bin Laden. I couldn't even really tell you who he was before that. Then all of a sudden, that's where it was. These guys are good because they, you know, they know how to use social media. They know how to make money really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think the most important thing is as long as we keep um you know doing airstrikes and stuff like that it helps because you know as they're getting attacked and you know bombed or whatever that's taking away from the time they could be using to plot other things right it's wearing them down yeah yeah interesting i don't think in the long run it might not do anything you know because you know they're they're pretty you're pretty dedicated and strong yeah Yeah. but but at the same we're we're slowing them down until something happens um so yeah i mean we really got to celebrate this this year because of you know there's there's shit going on now there's been shit going on for the past what 15 years now yeah there'll always be something going on right in the Middle East. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah so everything's going good uh and i want to thank you for being on man hey it was my pleasure thanks for having me dude it's awesome so uh and i'm sure i'm sure we're gonna get some questions especially about the amazon thing and if anybody's in the military uh please send us your questions because uh, if we cannot answer them, since Andrew and I are both not in the military, uh, we definitely know some people who are that may be able to help you. In fact, uh, we have a guy, uh, Johnny, who is in the military, actually does uh, financial stuff within the military, and he has a blog. I, I don't I don't have the name of the blog uh, off the top of my head at the moment, but I can definitely send you that information if you are in the military and want to learn more about this stuff. So uh, send us an email at matters at gmail.com. And uh, well, real quick, happy Veterans Day, by the way. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And happy welcome. Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Yes, all the veterans out there. So uh, I want to uh, just tell everybody to subscribe to the podcast and just go onto any what, one of your apps that you use to to listen to the podcast and hit subscribe. And if you really, really like the show, I want you to leave a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. And I'm going to read a quick review from Quinn CR from the United States. Uh, and the title is funny, and it's five stars. These two guys are the financial version of Uh Yeah Duh podcast. I don't know what that is. Andrew, do you know what that is? <laughs> so, sounds about right, though. Uh Yeah Duh is the name of the podcast. 
Entertaining, insightful, good topics, and great guest speakers. I'm not interested in listening to a boring old timer who can't make light of finances. I listen to Matt and Andrew to uh, I listen to Matt and Andrew for laughs and bits of knowledge. A great podcast for the young investor. So thank you very much, Quinn CR. And you can go to our website, listenmoneymatters.com, and all of the things that we mentioned here on the show today. We mentioned uh, things like Betterman. I don't know. Uh, we didn't talk about this. The spread. You're just using spreadsheets, right? Carlson? Yeah, yeah, just Excel. Just Excel? Okay, cool. Uh, and numbers but, now, numbers for... Uh, oh, oh, Mac. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, sweet. Uh, so you guys can go to our toolbox and check out all the things we mentioned here on the show. It's listedmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And I have to real quick mention that we are part of a charity uh, that's raising money for cancer research. It is, we're in a competition with uh, Joe from Stacking Benjamins or the entire Stacking Benjamins Empire podcast thingy. And we are actually trying to raise money and beat him uh even though it's his son who is trekking from austin texas all the way up to anchorage alaska on a 4500 mile bike ride next summer and they're doing it for cancer research so we want you to go to listenmoneymatters.com slash texas 4000 and when you do that you're gonna you're gonna get sent to another website and you are going to donate some money and we're gonna try to raise as much money as we can to beat the stacking benjamins podcast on how much money we raise because we know you guys are way more charitable than their listeners. And hey, if you listen to both podcasts, know where your alliance lies. That's for sure. Uh, so go so when you so when you so when you go to that website, listenmoneymatters.com slash Texas four thousand, you're gonna type in, you know, who they're writing for. It's gonna be Listen Money Matters, put in your donation and hit submit or whatever the button says and Donate some money. So uh, that you're going to have to do, and uh, we really appreciate it if you do that. I also want to uh, send out a big thank you to Betterment for being a sponsor on the show. And that's it. Carlson, thanks so much for being on the show once again. It was my pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, excellent. Thanks again for hanging out with us, guys, and we look forward to the next episode. So later. Please tell your friends about this show.